So before I begin my lesson, I have a confession to make to the, the church here. I was texting um, during the, the early part of the service, and I beg your forgiveness, but um, Jennifer gave birth to a beautiful seven-pound, three-ounce uh, baby boy, Ethan. Uh, mother and family are doing well. So um, if you want to see the pictures after service, I'd be, I'd be happy to share them. So, um, fortunately, I was on silent, so you may, you may have heard the buzzing, but you didn't hear the, the noise. Um, so everybody's doing well. So the other day, uh, I was at uh, Abby's lacrosse practice, and one of the other parents uh, and I were talking, and he asked me where I went to church. And, you know, I told him the Annapolis Church of Christ, and, and uh, sometimes that can spark further conversations about, you know, well, well, what do you, you know, what's the Church of Christ stand for, or, you know, what does your church believe in? And um, it just starts to bring up questions in your mind, or, you know, one of the other questions that I, that I had uh, recently was, why are there so many denominations if, we believe fundamentally similar things, um, which is one whole line of questioning. But another question I heard on the radio the other day is, you know, where really is the church? So when you think about that, I mean, that's really an appropriate question. If, if you ask somebody to go to church, you know, come to church with me, and they say, well, where do you go to church? It makes sense. But I guess maybe really, truly, another way to put it would be, you know, where do you worship or where do you assemble? But that brings up the connotation of a destination for the church. But I want us to think about it a little bit differently in terms of the fact that a church is not defined by brick and mortar. It's not defined by a physical address in the phone book. It's not defined by GPS, you know, coordinates in your, uh, in your uh, MapQuest app. Um, it's not made, it's not defined by the brick, the mortars, the nails, the screws that are all around us. What truly is the church? And when somebody says, where is the church? I want to propose to you that there's an entirely different answer. Now, back in Jesus' day, before Jesus died, before Jesus died on the cross, the focus of the Jewish worship was on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And this was because that's where, in the holiest of holies, the very center of the, the temple, that's where the Ark of the Covenant rested. And that's where you were to be in the presence of God. That's where, once a year, the, the high priest entered into the holiest of holies with, with blood sacrifice for the Day of Atonement to push back the sins of the people for, the, for that year. And Jerusalem was where all the Jews traveled for the holy days of the, the season. And the reason Jerusalem was established as the holiest of holy places is, and we talked a little bit about that this morning in Bible study, that's where Mount Moriah is. And in Genesis chapter 22, in verse 2, God said, Take your son, your only son, 
whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. He's talking to Abraham here. And if you look on a present-day map of Israel, you'll find that Mount Moriah is Jerusalem. So that was the center of their worship. That was the focus of where their church was. And we talked a little bit about the Samaritans. And here in the scripture we're about to look at, we'll see that there's a, a town called Sychar, or Sychar, but there's a mountain nearby that's about 100 miles north of Jerusalem. And that's where the Samaritans believed that Abraham had gone up on the mountain with, with Isaac. But they too believed that God had directed them to only worship in that place. So they have the same philosophy that there's only one place to worship, just the geographic location is different. And you may say to yourself, self, because that's what you call yourself, because that's what I call myself, why is this important? Let's take a look at John chapter 4, beginning in verse 21. John chapter 4, if you want to follow along with me. John 4, beginning in verse 21, and here Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain, and this is the mountain near Sychar in northern Israel, nor in Jerusalem, which is where the Jews believed they were directed to worship. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Now Jesus is telling her that the time is coming and indeed has now come that it will not matter where physically the people will worship God. What's important is that we worship him in spirit and in truth. Not only the people of Jesus' day, but us now too as well. And part of that is being transformed. And if you're here this morning and had the benefit of listening to John's sermon this morning, John mentioned this in Romans chapter 12. In verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the second part of this is very important. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that's what God wants us to do, to follow his will. And we need to be transformed in our minds to understand what his will is for us. So if it's not the building, this is not the church, right? The building's not the church. This location here on Ritchie Highway in Arnold, Maryland is not the church. Where is the church? What is the church? And we can start in Ephesians chapter 5. 
So if you turn over there with me, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. And I know that there are men out there that love to, check, to quote the first three verses here. Wives, submit to your husbands. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. But remember, gents, the Bible continues here. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. So what is the church? The church is Christ's body. And that's a real pretty deep thought. The church consists of his body. And at the same time, Christ is the head of the church and in charge of the body. And does that mean that the church is composed of his physical body? No. That's not what he's talking about here. Let's turn over to Colossians 3 and we'll get some more insight into what we're talking about here. Colossians 3, beginning in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful that the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another within all wisdom, or with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Each one of us are members of the body. And remember, in the previous scripture, we said that the body is the church. So the church is not more than the nails. The church is not a place. The church is a people. The church is a people called to be one in Christ. We are his body. We are his church. And there's a very important point to be had here, but it's very subtle. So hopefully I can, I can explain this. Look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 17, we also get the same message. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. We all share in the body of Christ. So all of us who are united in Christ, united in death through his burial and baptism, united again when he rises coming up out of the water, we are his church. But you'll notice that there's a singularity here. His church. One body. United in him. 
But even though we are one in him, that doesn't mean we have to be in one place geographically. And we're not all at the same place necessarily spiritually. There are some of us who are new Christians and some of us who have been walking with him for a long time. Yet we are all one church. And there are some verses in here that, that make that clear. 1 Corinthians, going back a few chapters to chapter 6, whoever's uh, in verse 17 again, whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So that means singular mindset, united in him with spirit. But there are several script, parts of scripture that tell us that there were multiple locations of, of the church. Acts chapter 9, and verse 31. The church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and strengthened, and was strengthened, living in fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. So the church, again, united in spirit, united in Christ, different locations. And in Romans chapter 16, in verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. Multiple churches, but one body in Christ. So being church has nothing to do with being in the building. Doesn't mean you have to gather together building. In fact, this uh, verse from Philemon, first three verses of Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Apia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter where you meet. The church is the body of Christ made up of us, the members of his body. And being members of a body mean that each of us have a function to do. Because a body at rest doesn't do anybody any good. As part of being his body, we're not here to sit idly by in the pews. Whether we're sitting in here as one, or whether we're in our homes, we are still his church. James chapter 1 puts it very clearly in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And what action can we take? Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3, lays it out there for everybody. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have, all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Each one of us belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, each according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve 
If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Brothers and sisters, we are the church wherever we go. We are the body of Christ. And we need to act on this fact. We're not confined to the walls of this building. We are the church, whether we're at work, at home, at school, on the road, and anywhere else our wanderings take us. There's a, a Christian radio station. I don't know if anybody else listens to it, but it's on in our cars kind of frequently. And even though it's a uh, Seventh-day Adventist sponsored station, they have songs on there that really make you think. And there's a band called Casting Crowns that, that has several songs on there. And, and this one's called If We Are the Body. And the refrain goes, but if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his, why is his love not showing them there is a way? There is a way. So my question at the beginning of this is, where is the church? And the answer is, we are the church, wherever we go. And it should be our arms reaching and our hands healing and our words teaching and our love to those around us, showing them there's a better way. We don't necessarily have to invite someone to come to this building with us to show them the Lord's church because we are the church. And we should be a reflection of God's love so that they see in us in the way that we live our lives, the Lord's church. We're about to sing a song of encouragement this evening. If you haven't taken on the Lord in baptism, this is an opportunity. And if you had, if you have a need for special prayers, then this is an opportunity to come forward as we stand and sing.